Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Uncaged. Welcome inside Tigers Uncaged. This is the podcast for your medicine at Tigers. My name is Jesse, the arena host for the Tigers. And as always, we have the guy who does the color for the home games. Yeah. Mr. Lanstall. It's me applauding for myself. Well, Gino's not here, so you might as well. Gino's going to join us here True. momentarily. That's right. He will. Uh, Gino is going to, uh, we'll talk about the game against Swift Current. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and big guest on the show this week. Yeah, it's in the title. So, uh, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet. Shout out to Gino for uh, making yeah. that happen. And for Sam being so accommodating. Uh, have about a 15, 20-minute chat coming up with Sam about... Well, the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game, which is on the horizon, and Sam Cosentino has been covering junior hockey for quite some time. Recently, you're seeing a bit more of uh, Sam now, I guess, on NHL coverage, but has been around junior hockey for uh, many, many years and kind of get his thoughts on, well, this year's draft class that it includes a couple Tigers. Yeah, I-, I honestly think that he's one of the smartest men when it comes to like junior hockey. Yeah, and it works out really well, right? He just released his January rankings, kind of a midseason update for where he thinks as a whole the class is going to fall because, you know, Central Scouting released their rankings and they kind of break it in North America versus, you know, everyone else. And uh, and Sam kind of threw that list together, combined the players, and has two Tigers in Kane Lindstrom and Andrew Basha in the first round. Yeah. Possibly so for cool. the draft. Yeah, yeah, really so, good. We'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe we'll bring up number 72, get some early thoughts on uh, what he thinks of Gavin McKenna. I'm sure he's heard about him. Who's really starting to light up as of late. I mean, he's 10 behind in uh, rookie points. Yeah, yeah. Chasing down that Tarek Parasak fella up in PG. But uh, we have to start with some uh, big news making its rounds into the Tiger world. Uh Uh, Tiger great Tyler Ennis announcing that he is retiring from professional hockey. Yeah, which is uh, always a bittersweet moment. But, uh, you know, Tyler, what, what a junior player he was. I mean... Obviously had his moments in the NHL professionally, but, I mean, just locally for us here and for the sake of the podcast, just what a player he was with with the Tigers, man. My goodness. Yeah, 12 seasons of professional hockey, nine seasons in the NHL. Uh, He was a Tiger from 2005, 2009. He was a part of that 07 WHL championship team. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you look at the the Tiger teams that we grew up with, and you, you go about the Mount Rushmore's, Tyler Ennis is definitely on there. He might be arguably one of the greatest Tigers that I have got the the chance to see play live. Yeah, yeah, like night in, night out, brought you kind of to the edge of your seat. You know, similar to what Tigers fans are are feeling now when whenever guys like Lindstrom, Basha, Gavin McKenna when they touch the puck. I mean, Tyler Ennis was doing that every single night in the arena, right? And uh, you know, I've seen a lot of conversation over the past few days about his six-goal game against Prince Albert. Oh nine, still no one's touched that record. That was uh, that was absurd to see those six goals go in. It's just everything was falling for Tyler that night. Um, <laughs> I also saw our friend of the program, uh, Lethbridge play-by-play Dustin Forbes, who also does a podcast called the Dustin Forbes Show. If you Shout haven't uh, heard that, make sure you check that out. It's really good stuff from from Forbesy. Um, but he had uh, assistant coach Ryan Aisman on. Ryan's from Medicine Hat. So there's already a connection there, but was playing in Prince Albert during that six goal thought, game, yeah, yeah, and may or may not have been danced once in those six goals by Tyler Ennis. So had a, a pretty unique vantage point. That conversation Forbes he had uh, on his podcast, but yeah, it's. I mean, you also had Tyler going and representing Canada at the World Juniors with head coach Willie Desjardins, which was a cool moment. So, uh, what a career, man! Yeah, unbelievable. And when you look at his uh, his Tigers numbers, he played 245 games. He had 236 points. You don't like with those those top end players like that. It's not often that we see guys get to those games played numbers anymore, is it? No. At least it doesn't feel that it way. Doesn't I feel that way anymore. No. I, no. I can't say that for sure, but it, it doesn't feel like when you know these players are at an elite level now, they get scooped up quicker. Obviously, the game's changing. We see it where. I mean, NHL teams are taking younger guys more and more willingly than maybe they did when when Ennis was with the Tigers. But, I mean, 
obviously it's a different example, but it's a it's a recent one of a player from the Western League that jumped up in Connor Bedard. He only played like 120, 130 games in the Western yeah. League when you when you really look at it. Well, I think a lot of these kids are, are like you said they're they're getting uh, the chance I guess to play screwed early. up, but yeah, they're getting it early on, right? Yep. Where back then you didn't necessarily have to go play in the NHL when you're 18, 19, right? Like, and to think, you know, he was ahead of his time in the sense that, and the Tigers were too at that time when they were going on their run that everyone said, and, you know, maybe that mantra still has stuck with this team rightly or, or wrongly for the last little while that they're a small, fast team. But at that time, they played the game differently than I, I think most across Western the Western Hockey League, if not just hockey in general really played it because it was still big, heavy, physical. Like you still had guys like Derek Dorsett who, I mean, Derek Dorsett would go out, score a goal. Same with Jason Shamara. Have a fight, right? Like Jason Shamara was a guy who was almost your leading goal scorer and then you go fight. Go scrap every night. Yeah. And Tyler Ennis kind of broke into what the, really what the NHL started to become, which was, it didn't really matter your size. If you could play with speed and you can still get in the corners, but, be able to finish at an elite level, you're going to have a spot in hockey. And, you know, to think now we have like a perfect example in my mind of, of an NHLer now that benefits from that is like Braden Point. Braden Point is what would have been considered an undersized forward, played mm-hmm. in Moose Jaw, but he was electric night in and night out and then gets the chance to go play in Tampa and has some cups to his name now. So, uh, yeah, Tyler was – when you said the Mount Rushmore of Tigers – he he would be definitely. It's hard to pick from. Yeah, but at least from recent the the you know the recent er years, he he's on the list for a lot of Tigers fans that are you and I's age from yeah. people that we've seen. And I don't think a lot of people really make mention because uh, I know that was around the time you know Bowmeister. Uh, he was drafted really early on. There was a lot of talk of Bowmeister, but uh, Chris I mean, Tyler, Russell was around there. Tyler Ennis was a first round draft pick. He was drafted twenty six overall by the Buffalo Sabers. He yeah. spent what eight seasons there. At one point, he was the, uh, the he got an A there, so he got yeah. the letter up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he had stints in Minnesota. He was in uh, Toronto playing for the Leafs for a little bit. Edmonton, Ottawa before he went overseas, played in Switzerland and Germany. I mean, an incredible career. And if you look at the final NHL stat line, because yep. I love these, yep. played 13 seasons, played in exactly 700 games. That's uh, impressive. 144 goals, 202 assists for 346 points. That is a hell of a stat line. Yeah, absolutely. Ends. Absolutely. Quite the career. And, uh, you know, maybe one day that number 22 that he wore for the Tigers ends up in the rafters. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but it, you, 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 it's funny. You, you mentioned Bo Meester and... You have Chris Russell, and there's a handful of players you can make that argument for, right? For those years when they were playing just so well, but that that team that had the memorable series with the Vancouver Giants, and then lost the rematch in the Memorial Cup final in Vancouver, just that that's like what storybooks are made out of. Yeah. Just how that all worked out. No, it's incredible, and I can't wait to see what he does next. He doesn't seem like a guy that is going to just not be around the game anymore. I right. could see him being up in the stands, maybe a, a scout, but yeah, I wouldn't be. be surprised if we see him as a coach somewhere. Hey, bring him bring him to town. Bring him to town. I mean, I don't know where he's living right ha- now, but I, I, I think Willie would love to have him in the facility. could have another assistant coach. Sir. You, you, I mean, why not? And, Seems like there's no reason not to. No, but an incredible career. Kudos to uh, Tyler. Enjoy yeah. your time off, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and, that's uh, right. And excited to see what's next. Yeah, I mean, I really so uh, we can... We can I suppose talk to to Sam about Tyler and yeah, he would know um, something about him. I would hope so. But yeah, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet is joining the program. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's coming up next. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. 
contractors, choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers, choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, "Ah, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tiger Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. Gentlemen, very excited that uh, we have a very, in my mind, a very big name on the podcast. Because this is a gentleman who's been in the sports world for quite some time. I remember following him when he covered the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, even as a Boston Red Sox fan, Mm. I would watch because this guy knew his stuff. Really? One of the smartest minds when it comes to junior hockey. From Sportsnet. Sam Constantine. Hey. Woo, Sammy! Red Sox fan. I got to go. Because <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd hit the way, record way, button way before I told you that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you said he's a friend of the program, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, you know, I do know Sam's. I have Sam's number. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, well, let's see if he wants to be a friend of the program. <laughs> and, I, and why do we do Sam on this podcast now is we throw things in the universe and see what sticks. And unfortunately, you decided to answer the text that's and answer right. the call. So awesome for you to be here, man. <laughs> It's my fault. And listen, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I would much rather be there live. So, you know, over my course of doing uh, 17 years of CHL hockey, I prided myself on getting to as many rinks as possible. And Steph Legion, whose games I used to call back when he played in, in Mississauga, uh, who's now an associate coach with Spokane, hit all 60 barns. I saw so that. I think. Yeah. We, I'm at about 55. Now, I was at the old Medicine Hat Tigers Arena 4006 sellout. Great barn. Absolutely loved it. I did make it to the crush can back in 06 and, of course, was in the new barn at Mosaic there with, with Moose Jaw. But the new barn in Medicine Hat is one I haven't been to. So I wish I could be sitting there live <laughs> somewhere in the barn getting ready to watch to, to, to watch a game uh, and seeing it with my own eyes. Unfortunately... That opportunity hasn't presented itself yet, but I hope it doesn't die because I think I'm at 55. Medicine Hat being one, Flint is another, Spoke is another, and then I have to hunker down to figure out the rest. But uh, that's that's uh, it's on my list to get there for sure. Well, Sam, whenever you come through, you can stay at Gino's house. We we got a <laughs> we got a med, bed made up for you and everything. It'll be perfect. Oh, um, nice. you know Little the, the news. I hope too. Yeah, we sure. Do that. Anything the the you news want. did just drop. Uh, just the other day, uh, surrounding Tyler Ennis, former Tiger. Um, just what do you have for memories of Tyler Ennis as a junior player, Sam? Well, he was he was an amazing young guy. He used a longer stick for a shorter guy and was kind of revolutionary in that regard. But his hands were so good that he could handle it and gave him and made up for an inch or two of the height that he didn't have. <laughs> uh, but a wonderful player, a guy that uh, we were at a prospects game, and I believe it was out west. And he ended up with an injury, right? It was a Canada-Russia game. And he ended up missing the series and ended up missing being a part of Canada's World Junior Team that year because of it. But uh, a real joy to watch play. The interactions I had, albeit few and far between, were always great with Tyler. Uh, You know, with Adler Mannheim, I'm sorry uh, it it didn't work out because I believe that to be a great organization in the DEL. uh, And kind of sad to see him go. But he had a couple of runs here couple cups of coffee towards the end mm-hmm. and you got the sense at that point that uh, that maybe the end was getting uh, getting near for him but uh, I hope he finds a way to take some time away from the game what ails him is able to cure mm-hmm. and and maybe get himself back in the game be it coaching probably best fit as a skills and development guy uh, but obviously time remains to be seen on that. Now, let's talk about this year's draft because uh, your list came out. And, uh, I mean, everyone is talking about Macklin Celebrini. This kid, number one, projected anyways. Uh, it would be nice if they just let San Jose have the number <laughs> one pick instead of doing the draft lottery because he seems like a kid that would really benefit San Jose, like, right now. Well, you know, with his dad working for Golden State, there is that Northern California mm-hmm. uh, connection. And so that would be kind of a, a neat thing to have happen. And obviously, fast forward the franchise. It, it's hard for me to look at San Jose and see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's I, I just don't see it right now. Maybe my vision isn't as clear as those who are covering it on a regular basis. Um, 
you know, with picks and trades and that sort of thing. It just, it, it hasn't quite all made sense to me yet. I, I look at Detroit. I see what's happening there. Ottawa, although I'm disappointed, I see what's happening there. Buffalo, I just don't see it with San Jose, and I don't see it with Columbus. So those are two teams that could probably really, really use Celebrini. Having said that, on a more selfish note, he's a guy I'd like to see a little bit closer to, to, to the time zone I'm in, the Eastern time zone, to be able to watch him on a regular basis, kind of affording me the same luxury of what I've been able to see from Connor Bedard this year when he's been healthy. Yeah, I mean, that is quite the gift when, when you get to see Bedard. Obviously, we were spoiled with that in, in his time in Regina. Um, locally for Medicine Hats, Sam, we, we see Caden Lindstrom popping up in the top 10 on a bunch of these different lists. Uh, I'm curious with what you see in his skill set, and, and obviously he has the size and a, a lot of agility to his game, not to mention a, a boatload of skill. Is there a team that, you know, maybe, and it's hard to project now, you know, midway through the NHL season, but a team that would fit well with Caden Lindstrom's style? The way I look at it is when you see what's happened in the playoffs, and it's a little bit more, more noticeable on defense, that these bigger guys that have reach tend to be a little bit more durable, more effective, can be used. You know, I think about the PK obviously as being, being the one where these players can be used a little bit more frequently and more effectively. So it also rings true for some of the forwards, and Lindstrom would be a guy who would fit in, into that mold. So when you have the, uh, a skilled guy matching up against a skilled guy, what's your differentiator? Well, you're looking at skating for sure. You're looking at hockey sense for sure. And then the last thing you look for is size. And when, you're enable, when, when you have the ability to have that all in one package, now you've hit a home run. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what Lindstrom is. What I like to see him operate uh, with that skill set and produce more consistently, sure. But if you talk to any scout, one of the, the – things that comes up um, when criticizing or critiquing or scouting or evaluating players is young players often just aren't that consistent. Yeah. And so when you see a guy like Connor Bedard, who was remarkably consistent throughout the course of his career, now you have everything you need and it makes it a very easy decision for you. So I like everything that Lindstrom can bring to the table. I love the, the background story about the young man. Um, and I like the fact that, uh, you know, he's still able to produce points when he's healthy at a level that is more than a point per game. So play away from the puck, defensive game, consistency, all pretty much critiques of players at that age in their draft year. And I don't think Caden is, is void of, uh, of that kind of critique in his game. Well, and you mentioned uh, a key word right now around here being healthy and <laughs> right now uh, going to be on the shelf for about a month or so, which means uh, he's not going to be at the top prospects game. I'm curious, you know, in your time, uh, covering top prospects games and, and talking with different people uh, around organizations. What is that? Like, is there any long-term impact to a player not being at that event? I feel like if you go, it really can only help things out for you when, when people get another look at you. But what, what's the inverse if you're unable to make it? Well, I mean, you know, listen, we've seen players go through their entire draft years or most of their draft years. And I think about Morgan Riley back when he got the fight by Toronto fifth overall. I mean, he missed basically the whole year. Mm-hmm. So good thing for Caden that that's not going to be the case. And, and there's hopes for him to come back maybe towards the, the, the end of the regular season and into the playoffs, which would, which would be really good, uh, obviously for medicine, but I don't think it's going to have a significant impact. I think there's a, a body of work and some currency that's been created by Caden to this point where you have a good sense of what he is. It's always better for scouts to see players in high leverage situations. What are those? International competitions, U17, U18, Halinka Gretzky Cup, World Juniors, top prospect games, camps, those sorts of things all factor in for sure. But in the, abil- in the, in the event where Caden's at and can't make it to the game, well, you can't hold it against them. You know, there's still going to be opportunities uh, to see him hopefully in high leverage situations and opportunities uh, in terms of the fitness uh, evaluation piece of it. That's also part of the prospects game that will present itself at the uh, NHL combine in, in early June Buffalo. So it, it's really funny guys, because, you know, having covered 14 or 15 of those games, you talk to a scout and they don't ever want to delineate their work by saying, well, it's one game. It doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. that they all show up there. And the general managers all show up there. Well, you know, in a best on best situation, 
it's a great uh, evaluation tool. There's yeah. no question about it. Can a player bring to that game what he normally brings in the regular season? That's the question that's good to answer. And is the reason why they attend? It's additional pressure because they know there's a ton of scouts and general managers there watching. So seeing players perform when there's more pressure is always a bonus and a great evaluation tool. Mm-hmm. So when I look at uh, you know, the value of that game, it's not the be-all and end-all. It's an important piece to the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle, but it does have some meaning. And unfortunately for Caden, he's not going to get the opportunity to participate. For sure. Well, on top of that, <clears throat> excuse me, Sam, uh, Caden actually was one of the top fitness guys, so he is in shape. He just hurt himself. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so right. that's one of the yeah. best things. One player from the Tigers that is going to be there that has slowly come up the ranks, and I know with his late birthday, it's helped a ton. Is is Andrew Bash is going yeah. to be there? He kind of was a he's a great story too in the fact that he was a fifth round pick, uh, kind of came in in the Tigers' eleven win season and just continued to blossom. He had a really scary incident of an injury, and he is going to recover. And we'll be at that prospects game, but maybe just a little thought on him as well as he has a potential to be a first-rounder here right now. I think back uh, to my days when Willie Desjardins was coaching the Tigers in his first go-around, and you know the, the, the speedy Mason Shaws of the world, the Coxes of the world, like these smaller kind of speedy, super-skilled guys. And so Basha is a little bit of a throwback for me in, in that regard. Um, but when watching some tape on this guy, super impressed with his ability to get up the ice, to slow the pace down, turn backs, cut into the middle of the ice, like really, really impressive stuff. And then the skills to go with it and the moxie to use those skills to do things that maybe other players wouldn't have the moxie to do. So Basha has been a riser all season long. I talked to a scout. This is no lie, guys. I talked to a scout last night on my way home from the studio his name came up, so I do have high hopes for him. I have him projected towards the end of the first round. I, I think there's still a little bit of room uh, to grow that further up the list, and I'm really, really looking forward to, to getting the opportunity to watch him play in that game. Yeah, he's been very exciting. Uh, we got a couple more for you. Another Tiger that I wanted to pick your brain about is another kid a lot of people are going to be looking at down the road, but a Gavin McKenna. Uh, have you seen yeah. him as of late, and what are your early <laughs> yes. thoughts on number 72? Yes. I love it when you when you hear about guys like two years before they're, they're eligible uh-huh. and they're lighting things up already. So that's, that's a cool thing. It just gives you a little bit more um, lead time and, and tracking time for the player. So, you know, his performance internationally obviously speaks for itself. But, uh, again, really looking forward to not being able to see him in the prospects game this year, but he'll be a cinch next year. And depending on how things play out, uh, you know, the opportunity to watch him at the at the Halenka. But there's no doubt that the talk around town is that this guy is the next thing uh, in, in junior hockey. And so I, I'm looking forward to, to progressing, watching his progression throughout. Uh, had a talk yesterday as well in doing some work for the draft with uh, another WHL coach about a meeting between his pretty highly uh, rated player and McKenna earlier this year. And that was really interesting to hear his thoughts. So he's already on my radar, uh, no question about it, and looking forward to tracking him. That's good. The hype train's working. Okay. Sam, that might be your excuse it's to working. come see co-op play. Hey, there, hey, there you go. There That'll get you to the hat. Oh, the universe. Like, That's what we did. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You could stay at Lance's for that one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a cat. Her name's Cat. She's lovely. Um, uh, Last one I had for you, Sam. Just overall impressions. Are are there any you know overwhelming strengths or weaknesses that that stand out to you from this year's draft class uh, when we you know start to approach and get into the you know later months of the season? Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of really good D available, and I think you know Yakchuk, you see him in, in Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, Levshinov playing at Michigan State, Salayev who's playing over in Russia. These guys are spread out all over the place. Zeev Buim, you just saw him uh, win a gold medal with the U.S. Uh, at the World Juniors. So there's a lot of high-end defensemen available in this draft class, and that's kind of neat because we departed away from that last year. I think there's only seven or eight taken in round one. I would expect that number to be close to double that uh, in this year's first round. So that's where I find the strength of this draft class to be. The way I look at it in, in just in general terms is you have Macklin Celebrini and then you have everybody else. And I do think, and you know, corroborating this last night with at least the one scout I spoke to on the way home, they feel that you know, he feels very much the same way, that you're looking at 
Celebrini, he's in a class by himself, and then things open up completely. Do you want a big D, a puck moving D, a Sam Dickinson? Do you want the, the skill forward in Demidov? Like, which way are teams going to go? What, uh, where does the, the, the need intersect with the desire to get a skilled player uh, when it comes to teams that are going to be picking that high? You know, I, we always get a lot more definition on what this draft is going to look like and being able to prognosticate who's going to pick when and who's going to pick who. Once we get through the trade deadline, because oftentimes we'll, you know, we'll see some of those picks move, and then we have a little bit more definition. But, you know, to answer the original question, I think the strength in this draft class is on defense, uh, and I do think that Macklin Celebrini is in a class by himself. And to think we did all that, and we hadn't touched on, you know, Berkeley Catton in Spokane or yeah. Cole Eiserman from yeah. the US program. Well, Sam, yeah. you have to come to the hat, and we'll just have a couple beverages, and uh, we'll just talk more about That's this. That's right. Oh, by the way, nine Western Hockey Leaguers on, on Sam's list, which is up at sportsnet.ca. Uh, nine Western League players in the top 32, so let's go, Dub. Let's go, Dub. We love that. We selfishly love it. Also, uh, Sam, thank you so much for your time, buddy. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thanks, as always, for... Uh, for thinking about me, Gino, you can lose my number now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this is the last time Sam's on the show. <laughs> First and last. It was fun while it lasted. It was a great time. Well, it's good. I've never actually met yeah, you face-to-face, -face, Sammy, so hopefully that changes you one know, day. That, eh? Well, hopefully that'll happen. Hopefully it'll happen at the at the arena. That would be fantastic. But in the meantime, uh, call me anytime, guys. Always a pleasure. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. <laughs> More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. They are the experts that you need to know. Shout out Gino for getting that yeah, Sam Constantino. Gino. We got the experts from that you need to know in Windsor Ply, and we yeah. got an expert in Sam Constantino. Yeah, that's uh you know, it's never enough time when you have people like that that come through. Um, that have obviously a lot of knowledge. And years worth, decades worth of knowledge around the uh, the major junior world. Would have loved to just even maybe we'll we'll do it next time. Just get his thoughts on on major junior as a whole from you know his time in well, sport and how he's seen it develop. Remember, he was at the. I'm sorry to bring it up. He was at the 07 Memorial Cup. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when in Vancouver, and obviously that's going to open up some wounds again. So sorry. For I think that, everyone's over it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think some it's, people aren't. It's been it's been 17 years. Tiger fans, if you're not over it, get over it. Yeah, start a new one. Respectfully. Yeah. It's been 17. Hey, you know, he he was there. I can't remember when he started with the CHL stuff. It was with him and Peter Labardius were doing like all the Memorial Cups yeah. and they were doing the the prospects games, the Canada Russia series and I I only heard great things about Sam and then I texted him a couple times. And you know when you made it a little bit when you when I do that I didn't do a generic. Like people that I care and and like in mm -hmm. the world. I will send a personal Christmas message on Christmas Day. Oh, I yeah, sent one yeah. to Sam, got one back. Very nice. I was like, okay, that's the universe throw. And then, oh, classic Tigers Uncaged. We throw it in the universe and yeah, something stuck there. So. The stick. No, that was great. And now yeah. friend of the program. Friend of the program. Hopefully we get, I mean, even once a year. Yeah. That'd be great. Because I, I I said it in the intro and I 100% believe it because we talked off ice or off air yeah. about like the list. Sam's list is the one that I really look forward to when it comes out because yeah. I feel like he's a guy that actually knows and follows junior hockey well, and so I trust his list also a little bit and he kind of he didn't directly say it as much but you you kind of heard in the conversation has a lot of a lot of talks with a lot of different people right we're talking management scouting um different people internally like he has a lot of conversations and and that list doesn't just get put together by accident it's yeah. not just well here's what I like mm -hmm. he's he's taking some stuff that he sees a lot of info, though, is, is from conversations and stuff that he's generated from, from other people as well. So um, it seems like it's a pretty, always a fairly comprehensive list. Yeah. 
before we get into Tiger stuff, which is obviously the, the main point of this podcast for mm-hmm. the most part, there's guys out there that rip media guys that they're not truly experts. They never played the game. They don't know anything. Yeah. They don't know how to – they've never been to camps. Yes, they have. Yeah. And it's coming, it's coming fast for guys like Sam, and mm-hmm. I'll put Peter Lombardi's in there, who's made that jump from media – to scouting in the Western League yeah, that was to a now a scout in the NHL with the Calgary Flames. Is it the in the reserve role? Yeah. But that's a big move that that's I don't huge. I don't know that a lot of people realize it. Maybe realize it because it's I mean it's more of a niche thing I guess for us, but I just would like some of these traditional hockey guys that don't take so-called media personalities or opinions to maybe start thinking about it a hair because to be honest, it's and I'm not going to say I'm ever an expert because I'm not, but you know what? If somebody asks me about Caden Lindstrom, I should have a pretty good idea because I see him every day. Right. I've called every single one of his games. You've seen, you've called at least half of his games in his career when he's at home, and mm-hmm. you've watched training camps. We've gone to all these things. Careful, traditional hockey guys. Yep. Some people are coming. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool to see, man. He hit that on that was... one draft too. Like it was a few drafts ago where like he made like his project, like they did like a mock draft. And he was only off on, like, two right. in the first round. I was like, good enough for me. That's more accurate than half the experts we see. So. He he is very good. And, I mean, yeah, he's got Lindstrom at, what, seven? He's got Bash at 24. Right. I'm Bash's number could go up a little bit. Need the Flames to start losing or Lindstrom to just slide a little that bit. That has been a conversation where a lot of Flames fans, at Flames first it was lose, Montreal. Right. It was like, oh, Lindstrom would be a great fit for Montreal. Now it's kind of leaned to, you know, Calgary could use a guy like Lindstrom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I still really, as a Flames guy, would would love to see either Lindstrom or Berkeley Catton get into get into Calgary. That would be, be kind of that'd fun. be really nice. But you just can't. And Sam mentioned as much when you get guys that are on similar skill sets. And I think, you know, across the board, we're we're starting to see year after year the skills of players within that first round are all fairly equal. There's like mild things and rare exceptions like. You mentioned Celebrini this year is is in a class of his own, and Bedard the year prior. There, there are those players, but when you get into the the rest of the pack, there's only so many things that separate these guys, and you need to find these little edges where you can to find those separators. And with Caden, just the size is unbelievable. And you look at like Leo Carlson last year, like yep. he would drop the like he's not going to have a terrible hockey career, I don't think. When it's no, all he's playing seven. 20 minutes as a rookie. Yeah, like it's absurd. That doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Uh, all right, let's get into the, the week that was, that was uh, Tuesday night. Big game against the Swift Current Broncos. Yep. Uh, as I got to the rink, I heard Mercik might do the warm-ups, and then I later found out he didn't do warm-ups. He was out. Yep. We're already short-staffed with Kane Lindstrom. We found out that's now a week-to-week mm-hmm. injury. Uh, we were short-staffed on Tuesday when it came to forwards. Yeah, naturally nine forwards at their real positions and ten with Nate Corbet. Yeah, thank goodness you've had Corbet playing forward for about a month or so. For, for half the season. <laughs> thank God. And it, it didn't it didn't it had the same script, guys, as that last game against Swift Current the regular season when the Tigers clinched. It was the ex- like almost to a T the same script. Swift Current They've had they're the monster. They're the Ignig they're the you know what the the Jekyll and Hyde. Like they're the team that are, always have got the Tigers number. Yep. For some reason they've backed into wins. They've won games outright and stomped the Tigers. And that was before they made the big move. Exactly. Now now they've changed this team up whoa. where a lot of people were yeah. like, Whoa, now they're a powerhouse. Now you really gotta watch out for them. Yep. And early in that first period, I mean the first ten minutes. I would have said you're right because I mean the first ten minutes is already two nothing for the Broncos. I think a lot of Tiger fans are like, this could be a long Tuesday you, night. I never looked at you guy to eye on this, but after they got the second one, I was like, mm, okay, here we go. Like, yeah, I we don't know what to expect the rest of the way. It was weird because the score wasn't really indicative of how the game was being played. Like it, it felt like the Tigers weren't, you know playing to the point that they should be down to 10 minutes into the into the first period. They were pushing pretty well and playing with a lot of pace. Like you saw everyone had jump from from puck drop and it was just one of those things where a couple end up in the back of your net and you you start to feel bad about yourself and obviously and and like you said with fairly good reason some people were like sitting back groaning like uh-oh, like here we go. We, we don't have Lindstrom, Basho or Mercik and stuck too early. Yep. Um but it didn't feel like the the team was out of it. It, it felt like there they got was better. 
Yeah, and they, they did find a way to get better. Um, just it, it was one of those things. It was a weird start because they started on time and they played really well, and for some reason we're stuck too. But uh, you get a late goal from Hunter St. Martin that first period, which late goal that that seemed to, to turn things into their favor a little bit. And then the second period, which I was wondering how it was going to go because you have the long change short so many guys up front. Uh, typically it's a bit of a benefit to the Tigers to have the long change in the second, and I thought it might actually end up being a detractor. Um, fitness levels are good, though. Holy I, smokes. I could say you, you've checked all your boxes, everybody's in shape, and those that weren't in shape probably weren't out there yeah. as much, yeah. right? Well, did I tell you I ran into strength and conditioning coach Tom Wilde uh, I mean, after the first intermission? I mean, when don't you? Yeah, I ran into him in the first intermission, and I said, Tommy, the boy's legs under him for the second and he's like, well, I guess we're going to find out, but they should be pretty good because they had a couple of days off. Sure. And, um, and they found a way to just hammer down in the second. That I was, mean, arguably, that was their second period was probably their best period of the game. Like, yep. Usually it's been the third, but it seemed like well, Tuesday night sec- it was all the second. Swift Kern only had three shots yeah. in that second period. The I seconds didn't have been good for scoring at all. No, just the, the 200 foot in that second period. That was absurd. It was dynamite. Like, mm-hmm. And the only way they truly got great A's was a five-on-three power play, which turned the whole game around at that, that point. That was, the, was that the end of the, the, right at the end second? Of the second. End of the second. When they Eight. go on the five-on-three. A full and kill. That's a, that's a one-minute five-on-three when the clock started on that five-on-three. And yeah. I can't say it enough. I mean, first star, all three stars, player of the game, I don't care who it is, I would have given it to everyone that was on the PK. Yeah. Because that yeah. that definitely took a turn for that game on that five on three. Mm-hmm. Those that, that penalty kill played so phenomenal that I feel like that turned the game. Like even the crowd started yeah. getting into it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Well, imagine like, if they if they give up just one and make it a one goal game going to the third. You feel a lot more different about yes. heading into the third period than up two. Yeah. And given how you know the the, the tides were kind of changing a little bit and it, it was it. it the extracurricular stuff is exactly what you figured it would be between the Tigers and Swift. Neither team liking any penalties that were called against them. You expect that. Yeah. Um, and But you're, you're 100% right. Without that penalty kill, I thought Drew Krebs had maybe his best game of his Western Hockey League career. Agreed. Um, he's been good. That in, Tuesday in certain, night. Certain games, you just look like, okay, he's the best D on the ice, and it's not close. Like You looked on the far side, Owen Pickering there. I, I think he had a bit of an off night, but he also recovered nicely. That Dvorak, that Dvorak kid was really good in the first, and then I didn't notice. Didn't him. see him as much. Well, I think, and that's not a bad thing. Everyone, you he was on the ice. He was yeah, on the yeah. ice, but he yeah. wasn't doing anything, right. sort of in sense. But he did a great job at like Parsons like, and all them on deck. Sorry to cut you off. No, like, they, they were. Everybody had to white knuckle yeah. and bear down and change the way they played. Yeah, Kachkowski was really good. I yes, think, at times yep. too. but covering uh, Connor Geeky, like yeah. Geeky was not really a factor in that game, and any time mm. that he was. You had the Tigers right on him. You didn't give him any room to shoot, any room to move, and that could have been a huge difference maker in that game. Yeah, I I mean, they were here, what, November 11th it was when Achi was here and Geeky didn't have any points in that game either. He was kind of irrelevant. Um, and it, it was a bit of an off night for Swift, too, at the same yes. moment. Like, they had a lot of uncharacteristic turnovers. Um just pucks rolling away from guys. I thought Tyson Galloway was fighting it a bit. Is um, it is it a sense of these new guys still learning the Swift current system? No. Or is it, no, is just, it an off I think that's I think they night. took the Tigers lightly because they were down to nine forwards. I think playing simple. It, well, yeah, and thought up, it might have been an easier night. And you're up too early, right? Like a lot of those Got things kind of combine to, to maybe take your foot off a little bit. But it, it did just feel like an off night from a lot of guys that you wouldn't expect it. But you know, when there's off nights, a lot of times you can credit the opposition for creating those off nights. And I, like I said on the broadcast probably 10 times, but I don't know that I've seen that jump from Vasil Spilka all year. Like, that was the fastest I've seen him play all He's, season long. Caden McCann's stick was incredible. He cut off how many, like 12? The two of them had to disrupt a, a dozen breakouts. Yeah. It was it was, it was, was crazy to, to see them elevated to that spot because of, you know, sheer numbers to be lifted up to a point where they had to play as as often as they did and and were effective you know in in every shift you you heard you know in our conversation with Sam that a lot of these young players the one thing that misses is consistency in a lot of these guys' games but for Spilka and McCann to be that consistent for a full game like they were relentless the entire night. It was it was remarkable. They were pains in the ass. Them. You yeah. needed them. Yeah, you did because you're pretty much lost with the guys that were out 
a, a big power line. Mm-hmm. So you needed guys to step up, and that's exactly what McCann and Spoka did. Yeah, yep. yeah, I agree. It was, it was nuts. Real. And, I mean, to think you, you had three-fifths of your power play out. Out. Um, score one. Still looked, still one looked four good. four in the power play. Like, they, they generated. Um, I, I think for the first time, at least it feels like the first time this season, I saw the true straight-line speed when he gets up to acceleration from Hayden Harsani. And it was a play on the far side wall. They would have been – Second I, period? No – no, it would have been either the first or the third. I think it was the third period um, because he was moving to our left, and he was on the far side wall, picked up the puck around the blue line, the Tigers blue. But by the time he got up to speed, he was actually able to get an angle on, I think, Dvorak and drive to the net. Yes, you're and right now, yes. And it was, it was a little play that I don't know that I've seen that like that top end from Harsani yet. That yeah. was like the first time where he, you saw the – the get up and go speed, you yeah. know what I mean, like the pull away. You are starting to see him get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, like he doesn't. He, you're he, you're seeing a little bit more from Harsani he's driving every the net. game. Yeah, like he's he's tucking his shoulder down, and you don't have to be the biggest guy to do it, right? Like, like for example, look at say Michael Backlund in Calgary. He every single net drive he does, he'll get to the dot and then flip the puck underneath the defender's stick and shoot it. And a lot of guys are starting to work on that. Hunter St. Martin's a great example of yes. that too. He loves kind of tucking that puck into the defender's feet on a net front drive and then flicking a shot off. And Harsani's starting to, to build that into his game a little bit. Uh, I just thought, like, that was the first time it jumped out to me that he had that pull-away speed. Yes. He was able to, to get away from a good defender. Well, yeah. Josh Maser had mentioned a couple times, whether I think it was either the fourth period or maybe in a pregame with me, he doesn't lose puck battles, Harsani. Not he often. comes out with the puck every time. Yep. Or at least, like, jars the puck loose and then has to chase it again. Mm-hmm. He's been really good that way. Your guy, your guy, Hayden Harsani. I like Harsani. I, I think he, I, I think you need a Hayden Harsani number six. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, no doubt. Next time there's a jersey draw, yeah. I'll be putting my name in. Uh, gentlemen, I would like to uh, just let you know who scored the game-winning goal Tuesday Wait, night. Oh, yeah. who, was it a guy from Calgary? Yeah, number seven in your program. Yeah, that's right. Oasis Wiseblatt added again <laughs> with the game winners. Leads the league in game-winning goals now and. Over fifty percent of his goals are game winners. <laughs> Is I that mean, good? So this one's this one's a bit of a, just a fluke, really. When you when you think it about was, it, the storyline for that it one works so good. Though. It's such a great story. It, it's, I mean, you, you score it in the second period on a penalty that you drew. Where I mean, there's and a you case, were not a nice person. There's a case to be made that you very well could have also been in the box on a four on four because he slashed Reed Dick in the hands and then he wound up from. 450 dead center to try and hit you back. Um, but, hey, you got to take advantage of those opportunities, right? We we have said a lot when some of the top guys have been out of the lineup um, that there needs to be taking advantage of your opportunities because you don't know how many you're going to get. When everyone's healthy, this team's going to generate, right? Ugh. But when you are out some bodies and you you know are, are maybe running with a younger lineup that's already quite young, uh, you need to capitalize on on the chances that pop up and that was a turning point moment where Weisblatt draws a penalty and then immediately gets a fortunate bounce but finds a way to score so I I know my goal call is kind of and he puts it off his own man (laughs) yeah it was just a perfect like you know like double pistols moment to Uh to Swift Kurt that he drew the penalty he shot it off your own guy and in and the flyby screaming at the flyby to go to the bench at Reed Dick Uh could also have been a penalty, probably. (laughs) I don't know what was said, but like I said, the the chapter of Oasis Weisblatt versus the Swift Current Broncos has another chapter, too. Yeah. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you guys will know over me, but uh, in the games that we played the Broncos, was that the first time that we saw Reed Dick? Or did we see him early on? That's the second time we've seen Reed Dick. I was played 8-7? Uh, no. no, he played in the. Um, I was going to say we went to that one. No, the um, that was uh, Joey Rocha in that one. Um, it was a win in Swift Current, um, this five three or six three game. Okay, but we have I seen it, him though. And then he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt mm-hmm. in that game. Because I was wondering, especially with you know Matthew knowing Keeper that has two wins, <laughs> knowing that the Tigers were a little short staffed, I was surprised that maybe Roca didn't go in because Roca has had the Tigers number before right right like the last few games it seems like the goalie has been a huge impact for the Broncos yeah, yeah, whether yeah. it be Roca whether it be 
Keeper, yeah. Keeper. So it was just it was interesting to see Reed Dick and that understandably he was injured, so I mean you want to get him as many games as possible. Yeah. But Tigers were able to beat him five times. Well Reed Dick's elite too, right? Like he's uh, a that, good those stops boy. on McKenna at the end oh. of the first period. That was nuts. Sliding both ways without a Blocker stick. and oh. glove and just saying nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He because uh, what, St. Martin I mean St. Martin's goal was that's a credit to Hunter St. Martin on that first one. That that's a good shot by Shane Smith too. It doesn't to get it talked there. about a lot, but St. Martin's in such an awkward spot. So if you didn't see it, it's a two-on-one. Smith on the left, St. Martin on the right, and it's an awkward spot for St. Martin because he has to drive the net hard enough that if that pass whips across from dot to dot, that he can redirect it. But he also has to react immediately if he sees Shane Smith shoot and has to stop at the top of the paint to be there for a rebound because you don't want St. Martin going and doing a flyby, right? Right. And to be able to react that quickly at the speed that he moves, yes. to be able to pull up when he sees that shot coming out and stop like right on the corner, right on the uh, like kind of like the edge part of the yep. crease to bang in that rebound. Yep. That is, it's not a flashy goal. That is such a nice play, though. But I think a lot of the times you will see a guy, if they know that their their partner there is going to shoot, they are just going to do the roundabout, right? Like, they're not really going to stop. Yeah, yeah, well, and, I mean, you're not... Uh, it, there's always the line, like when I was in like minor hockey, it's like, you can't score from behind the net. You're not Gretzky. And right. I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. Thanks, Carl. Um, <laughs> so I would make sure you stop up. But it's it's just such a tough play to make because you're moving at 100 miles an yep. hour if you're 100 St. Martin, and you have to react in the blink of an eye yep. because Shane Smith can also whip it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, kudos to, to St. Martin to get that goal. And then, what, you, you get a fortunate bounce from – from Weisblatt's goal, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There was, I mean, Gavin's shot was just perfect. Yep. That beat Reed Dick. Who else scored there? McCann had one. He, McCann had the insurance one. Oh, man, one. That, that goal by Caden McCann might be one of the strongest plays we've seen him make this year. He's got a 32% shooting percentage yeah, in Western hockey. Absurd, <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Every miss, third shot he's scoring on. Right? But it's like a loose puck in the slot, and he skates through two sticks from the Broncos and, and leans on his stick to get down there. That like, was a great shot. That's that's not a play that a rookie in the league typically makes. Nope. But and that's why I always have to remind myself for that very reason that Caden McCann's still a rookie. Yeah. Because you see the size and the way that he plays, and I'm like, man, this guy's been in the league for 30 years. But. Two points on Tuesday night, had a goal and an assist. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was, he, very he was good. really good. I don't think there's anybody that I don't think anybody was allowed to be bad last on no. that game. No. We're now the last two games because or was it the Friday night? One of the games against Lethbridge, we said they played very well. Maybe it was Saturday, Saturday night against Lethbridge. Yeah, Saturday against Lethbridge. We said they played Friday, very, they did very well. not play well. That's right. Uh, so now th- this is two straight games that I believe the Tigers have put on a very good performance. Tuesday they did it without three of their heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and talking to, to Joe Frazier in the postgame, like I, I said to him, I don't want to put the cart before the horse because it's game 42 of a 60-some game season, but it's kind of like when you talk about getting better every game, it feels like, well, this is the best one you had this year, and Joe agreed as much saying that, yeah. You know, he thought it was the best game they played all year, and and you had nobody in the line. <laughs> no offense, like you had, you, you lost your a full attendance line. report was like oh, absent, absent. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Like, and I understand, you know, teams are going to go through injuries and, and guys are going to be in and out of the lineup. But to think that really since Christmas they haven't had Kane Lindstrom at all. Andrew Bash has been in and out. Bogdan's Hodis misses a game. Tomas Mercik has missed a handful, and they're still finding ways to be above 500 in that time when you're losing that many points. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it, they it, def- it's been very well done. They defeated the Swift Current Broncos in regulation. That's their first regulation loss for Swift since December 17th. Yeah, really. And Swift also came in scoring six or more in their last four games. And you only allowed them to two. Yeah, and that's you know what? Lots uh, to like there. That's that's bravo to the entire team and. Not a bad crowd for Tuesday, twenty six fifty. I feel like that was opening night's number or something like that. It was like twenty six. Well, that seems to be the norm for the day, like during the for week. a Tuesday. That's, so, no, that's I'll take. That. There were quite a few Broncos fans. It was quite nice to see them leave around the halfway point of the third. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as the fifty fifty was announced, they got out of there. The seats don't get bit. me wrong, though, and I know I've said it a billion times, but I'll keep saying it. It's great to see that other teams drive oh, yeah, around yeah, yeah. to, to go. How check about out that games. Cody Eakin jersey in the crowd? Yeah, though. that was see, a special. We spotted a Cody Eakin on the game. I was actually. I was saying, like, do we see Kachkowski play forward tonight? Um, and then in conversations after the game, I, I think it was just as possible that there might have been eight defensemen actually ro- rolled out. There, w- there was probably a, a decent chance that Corbet was going to slide back, yeah. and they'd run four pairings and three full lines. Just because you have last change at home, you can yeah. kind of... That's Alberta Cup lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can at yeah. least kind of mix and match it a bit, right? But 
Uh, to go back to what you guys were talking about, even uh, at the post game in Gino's fourth period, uh, hearing Gav say, you know what, we were shorthanded, but this is a team that is all in, right? Like they believe in themselves. They know that they're short, but yeah. they're still going to go out there and do the job. There's a lot of pride. A, that kid's very well spoken, and B, he nailed it. Yeah, he like, is very well spoken. Shout the, out mom and dad. I yeah. think, like, he did tell me, he's like, I've been doing interviews since I was 12. <laughs> I was like, True, but, like, you can do that and still yeah. not be good at it. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, and he was, <laughs> he, <laughs> Everyone's I, the best agreement. was, I, and he, I love the quote, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but his quote in the Messnet News, which I thought was awesome, like, yeah. and that's a, you know what, that's a ballsy statement to say that, like, you know, everybody else, like, you kind of just... Not in a sense. You kind of just said, we didn't need to make a trade. and we, You pretty much called out every GM. Well, no, because you <laughs> asked him about that, and he said that they didn't need to do anything because they believe in the guys that they have. And he's right. not wrong in that because you're on top of the Central Division right now. You ha- you're a team. You lost three guys in one game. Didn't even look like you were missing them. Mm-hmm. Like it, it still worked. Yeah. Why mess with the chemistry of that team that is gelling right now? We yeah. said it on here before the deadline. They don't need to add anything. Right. No, it's nice if they do. Yeah, sure. They don't need to. Don't need to. Give us a dopamine hit for five minutes that we need on the Twitter and all that. But yeah. Sure. I look at this team. You look at Moose Jaw, and you look at Saskatoon. They acquired some guys to get that. The Tigers already have those guys. They're just not at the age that you'd probably, if you're an impatient Fairweather fan, would like them to be at. Right. They have all those people. Without lifting a bloody finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have those. They don't have to pick up the phone. Two years from now, we're pretty much going to be what Saskatoon is right now. I would say a year, two years. You'd hope, yeah. And we don't have to give up anything for it. That's your hope, right? Right. Um, To that end, though. To that end, I guess that that would also be a credit to Marcus Pacheco. um, He was for coming in, and now he's had a handful of games with the team, and it feels like he's been around for a long time, right? Just you, you you plop him in, and it might not be the flashiest game that Pacheco's going to play, but. He's not afraid to forecheck, uh, makes life miserable for the other team's defenders when they're trying to break out of the zone, um, is getting to just look more comfortable mm-hmm. and ha- had, what, like a three-game point streak at one yeah, point? So. He was. I thought he was really good. Like Again, nobody had to be bad, and he's got some Braden Bay in him. That's kind of what they needed. That's what they wanted, right? Well, they they, wanted they had to elevate him too, right? Like yeah. Him, Harsani, and, and Tyler McKenzie had to eat some, some decent minutes there against Swift. So I never worry about Tyler McKenzie. Yeah. No, Don't worry about that guy. Yeah, isn't that the uh, truth? Also, shout out to Pacheco for doing some community work as well. I saw him at the Yeah, yeah he, he read to kids. Love that. Uh, you know what? We're back at it. We were at, uh, where the heck were we yesterday? We were reading to some. We at River Heights? River Heights, yes. Yes, we were there, and we got to go to another school this week. And we got a lot coming up on the, the old uh, community calendar. I look, I'm like, okay. That's good, though, because the kids love day. that, man. Yeah, I remember when huge. I was going to school, Webster Niblock. And the Tigers would show up. You play a little floor. We're going to Webster Niblock at yeah. some point. I can't yeah. remember when, but that's on the list. But We're I going... do remember the Tigers coming in, and you know they read to us. We played a little floor hockey in the gym. Yeah, it goes a long way. Those kids love that. I, I yeah. it was funny. We were um, with the school kids. I think we. I have a kind of a cap of how many places I can go. And it, during the, I think we're going to 11. Sc- I don't know how many schools are in Medicine Hat. But I know I'd be lying to tell yeah. you. Yeah, I couldn't even tell we're you. Going, we are attending 11 schools this year. That's great. Which I think is a record. Not that I know it. I'm just going to say it's a record. Well, you're like a also lot, doing though. stuff That's with good. the Root Cellar, too. Like, this year, Tiger's done a very good job. You guys have done a very good job of being out in the community. And that goes a long way. You know players what? Credit, are um, sorry, I cut you off there. No, just saying players are dialed into it. Well, they want to. They. It's funny, and I don't. If you if you're a not for profit and would like us to help you one day, give us a call. I'll see what <laughs> yeah. I can see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, with the root cell, there's a lot of structure there, and it works really good for the guys. And it was really funny because we came back from the Christmas break, and Rhett Parsons just plops down in his seat. Gino, I was like, what? <laughs> when are we going to the root cellar again? I was like, um, I mean, I I had you guys kind of scheduled for January 10th, but I kind of realized the significance of that day. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't care. Let's go. I was like, um, okay. Um, you grab, got it, Rhett. I said, you grab four guys that you – I kind of joke. I said, grab four guys that you think are not going to get a phone call in the afternoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and I said, okay, take Krabs, take o- take Weisblatt, and, and take Josh Fed Mulligan. I think those guys are – That's a decent group. That's a decent group to keep around, and they, they're kind of – Rhett runs the root cellar now. I just tell him, when do you want to go? That way, I uh. said – just tell me what time you're going to be there. I'll grab your jerseys and I'll meet you there. That's really it important, awesome. though, right? Because I mean, and and it's it's good to see because clearly the players are enjoying their time in the community too. Uh, it just all that goes over well and and makes you know these players 
even more beloved because obviously they're yeah. they're heroes to a lot of people and a lot of kids in this community. And when you uh, are able to to get them into the community to to hang out and play with them, yep. And, yep. And sit on the floor and read whatever you got to oh, do. It, they got to sit in those little chairs. Oh, it man. goes it goes a long way. I saw Hunter St. Martin was reading reading books. Yes. I think it was at River Heights. So. Yeah. Uh, actually, shout out to um, Shane Smith and Tyler McKenzie as well. Hunter's in that conversation as well. And remember, he's taking two. Uh, he was taking two university or college classes last yep. semester and did those. Uh, Tyler's done a lot of reading to kids this year. Uh, he's kind of taken liberty liberties of that, and Shane Smith loves doing it. I call my school kids because I said, okay, I, I got schools this week. He's like, where do you want us to be? Yeah. <laughs> it's got, not like he was like, where? He's like, where? Yeah. Okay. And he'll take two to four guys, depending on how big the classrooms are. So That's awesome. That's awesome that's for them. Cool. I realize now when we pick a humanitarian of the year, I don't know who I'm going to pick. A lot of choices. Lot of choices. I, and that's, and somebody's going to get mad at me like, I did all this. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I don't There's know. There's a lot of, lot of good. I don't know who I pick. Good pieces. Actually, uh, there's one more. Sorry. Sorry. I'm doing this again. No, go for it. Yeah, uh, no, it's your show. Go well, hey, no, you it's not it. my show. Yeah, no, go for it, Gino. I love the, when we were at the <laughs> Root Cellar, they were doing the shopping with the clients, which I, I, I don't think I could do it. Like yeah. when you're going with someone who's really hit a snag in life or whatever, something's happened yep. and they can't afford stuff or they have to use the services that the root seller provides you know who's the really most open and best guy to help somebody shop oh let's play this game um it's, it's got to be out of the group of four that yeah, you were just there with. you mentioned right okay okay I'll, and get like who is the most con- like they're all kind they're all good yeah. but this one I, he i caught him out of the corner of my eye just I don't know what it was. Just either reaching for something. I'm not playing like, a game to guess, but I have an internal. I have I have one too. Okay, who is it? Oasis Wiseblatt. Mm. Unbelievable. I honestly thought I was I was gonna cry. I I thought I was gonna shed a tear. I was like, holy man! Like for it's a guy a that's dude, been deemed man. as an a hole on the ice, he's the furthest thing from it. At least what I've seen in my. Well, time. I think on the ice he is a bit of that. Yeah, he's yeah. Our I think Brad he'll Marchand. tell you as much. And he probably doesn't care either. So. But he also... It was unbelievable when I saw that. You know, Oasis, I think, has, has a, a different perspective on life than maybe a lot of people have. Just, yes. you know, with... Because is it one or both of his parents are both deaf? Of it, both of his parents are uh, deaf, yes. So, I mean, already there, you, you grow up in what would not be the similar household to maybe the average person. And you get a better appreciation for things and taking life for granted, maybe, and... You know, we talk about Oasis's just personal maturation over the course of his time here. Uh, that's not surprising. So it helps. That's a nice you, little story, though. Shout it helps. It helps when you got the big guy at top. Yep, running the show and Joe and Josh. I think, but I think Willie's also done some incredible work with these kids. So yeah, for sure. Enough out of my mouth. Uh, all right. Speaking of kids, I wanted to uh, talk about this because kiddos are going to be very excited. It was announced this week, Nickelodeon Night coming oh, yeah. back. The Tigers are going to have. SpongeBob SquarePants. Let's jerseys. go. As long as I I can't remember what the jerseys look like. As long as I can see the name bars a little bit. I mean, I shouldn't have to. As long as I can see either the numbers. Can they look the, better they need- than the NHL All Star jerseys? Because those look oh, like those bad. look like fart. Sorry, Justin Bieber. Yeah, those are not good. good. That guy can beat. But it. the Ninja Turtle <laughs> ones looked really good last year. I remember. I those liked ones them. Were, I, I could read them. Yeah. I didn't. I that was my joke last year. Like, oh, what about these ones? I'm like, what's the name bar look like? Yeah, the specialty jerseys is always a selfish problem for us because you're just like, oh, I hope I can read what's there and yeah. make out a number. But they do look cool and they go over well, right? You know, you get another it's reason. It's a one of a kind jersey that will never be made again. Another reason yeah. for uh, for families to come out and and see something maybe a little bit different when we talk about. Coming up with different ways to to maybe bring the family to a game. I, I would hope that SpongeBob Night would be one of those. Yeah. I, I'd be excited. All for SpongeBob proceeds Night. from the Jersey auction go to uh, Children's Miracle Network. So, and are you right able on. to bet on or uh, yeah, bet on those ones? Bid, like, bet, bid. Yeah, yeah. Bet, I'm gonna bet. bet on this. Yeah, I don't think you can bet on them. I mean, um, I'm sure you could find them. during the game or after the game. Um, I don't have the full details. Yet. I know there's been some where we've done it in the, yeah. like in the uh-huh. midst of the game, uh-huh. but then there's also that they open it up after. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you if you let me uh, speak here. I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> uh, allegedly, we might be guy. starting. He gets one guest. Yeah, this. And I, he's I, just, I Sam Cosentino. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy, uh, the ones I've heard maybe a couple days before we might release it. I don't have that confirmed, 
but we'll probably have it out for a little longer than we did last year is what I've been oh, told. Okay. Instead okay, of cool. like the tail end, you'll have more time to bet on them. Right. Sure. Yeah. And Sorry about that. No, it's a it's a neat little thing. And then you get to see like some fans will wear them to the games and whatnot, which is always cool to see. I think this is going to be a big year for the Tigers in uh, bidding on jerseys. You think so? There's a lot of big ones out there that I think people are going to put some money on. I mean, the Lindstrom's and the, Mer- and the Mersics and the the, that, that McKenna one. Like, it's one of a kind. You won't see it again. And then you got to battle these kids' parents. There's always a mom or a grandma that will. just... I wonder how that always goes. Yeah, because it's like a limited run, and yeah, like family really likes to have those. Sorry, Graham. Maybe Grandma Doris wants to have a jersey, which like, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. She can post it up there, but it should be a lot of fun. Tiger Store open twenty four seven on TigersHockey.com. Wow. Uh, we get set for a uh, a busy weekend for the Minnesota Tigers. I mean, Friday night you got a home game against the Red Deer Rebels. They're hot. They're a team that. I was asking Lance when we were off air, should we be worried about them? They, they seem to as of late. They're another yeah. team that didn't do much at the deadline, right? They were kind of like the Tigers, and they didn't like their return. They didn't want to give up anything. They're playing some good hockey right now in the second half of the season. They don't have to do anything. They're just like this team. They've got the pieces. They might have the best tandem of goaltenders in the Western Hockey League right now with Chase Witzke and um, Rhett Stoser. Uh, yeah. Witzke, Witzke played last night against Saskatoon before this is being recorded. It was great. Um, there's a guy named Kai Uchaz that wins 60% of draws. He's the f- was the first player to win 500 draws this year, I think, or something like that. I'm sure it would have uh, been a race on that team. Uh, they uh, always uh, win a lot of faces. And they <laughs> win the most draws. Lindgren on the back end. Uh, we saw Jet Larson get a hat-trick last time. I think uh, Hunter Mayo got a hat-trick this week against Saskatoon. So they beat a Saskatoon team that hadn't lost a game or hadn't lost a game in regulation in, what, 20 games? 18. 18 yeah. games, sorry. I think it was. It was like they were 18-0-2 or there something. should be a good matchup between these two teams. This could really, and going back, and I, I did this once before and it almost bit me. If you could somehow, because the 3-3 three and three is going to be a little bit of a, a show this week, you get the two against Red Deer, go to Regina, and then you've got Brandon on a, Short rest, and Brandon will have short rest, too, against because they'll play Lethbridge on that Saturday mm-hmm. and into the Sunday game. If you could find some way to take six of six. Yeah, just win them all. Win them yeah, all? Why not? The Why standings not? are going to look really interesting come Monday The potential morning. is there to win them all. Uh, yeah, of course. I would say absolutely there's a potential. I mean, there's a, there's a hope that Andrew Bash is back in the lineup. Heard um, he would be playing Friday, and he will be – I don't know if he's playing Saturday or not in Regina, but then he's got to go to Moncton. He'll depart. He'll be departing. Oh, that's right. Uh, I would imagine there's hope that Tomas Mercik's back. I believe he'll be back. I believe it was a one-off thing. That's what Joe so, said. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounded like. So get some bodies back in the lineup. Uh, there's really – the thing is, after you, you do what you did with the with the players that you, you didn't have in that lineup on, on Tuesday, you're, you're kind of now open yourself up to like, you know, there's no reason not to go out and win each yeah. one. Like, yeah, obviously the games are tough. Yeah. We're going to set it a lot. We're going to hear it a lot. It's a tough league, right? You're, you're going to have, you're going to, you can lose every game. Every team's going to have things going on. I mean, so it, it's a matter of the guys you got out there uh, need to be able to step up and deliver. And uh, I would, I'm curious to see how Friday goes. I think that's yeah. going to be a, a another set the, good set one. The stage for that, the that's yep. going to set the tone. And I'm excited for Sunday's game uh, with McCallum. I believe he's from around there. Yeah, last time Brandon. it was like a two-one game against Brandon. Yeah, he did start there. Uh, McCallum three, did get to start. It was in front three-two. Of, it was three-two. three-two there, Remember yeah. being close. It was a goalie matchup, big time. Yeah, between him and Carson Bjarnason. I don't yeah. think we'll see Carson Bjarnason. He's out with a, a lower body injury. I think well, he's out for a while. Changer. It's unfortunate for you. You don't get to see Bjarnason play. My favorite goalie. Yeah, he's been good. He's Danielson been really... won't be there because he got and traded. And that's the thing. Like, you, and yeah, but then again, people thought they were going to run over the Tigers with nine forwards. Didn't happen. Right. So be at your best. Regina's beat you once this year. So yep. let's uh, not let that happen hey, let's again. let's make sure the bus doesn't break down on the way to Regina this time, all right? That would be good. I mean, I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, you do your you do your part. I just would like the players to load my equipment on next time. <laughs> yeah, no one knows oh. that your your stuff didn't make it to to Lethbridge on what was that Friday? Last Friday, <laughs> you, yeah. you did that again. Well, the players didn't. No, the players didn't load it. Well, it, sorry, they loaded it and then unloaded. They it. they unloaded it because they were shuffling something. Yeah, didn't put my put bag back, back on. on. Uh, who had to bring you your bag? No one brought me a bag. I borrowed oh. Dustin Forbes. Shout out, like Forbesy. Forbesy. And shout out, Lance, for getting us on the air on Friday because you had to do, like, some yeah. real um, 
What's I was the, I was a tech support. That was real Doc Brown stuff you pulled back there, pulling wires and yelling. Oh, at, is that uh, why we there was no feed for the first period of that Lethbridge game? Um, like on the that WHL might be oh, no, WHL. Yeah, that yeah. might be my fault again. But also the guy who was supposed to set me up, like stared at the thing and said, "All right," and put his arms up and walked <laughs> away. I was like, I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. So I, I just had I'll, you on my phone and then watched it. Yeah. So I guess I'll just do it myself. And I figured it out. It took. A period, because I can't just like hold on, folks. Dead air. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's turn the dials here. I mean, it got on it got on the radio, and to me, that's the I'm, most that's, important. I thing. think the so. missed the Rhett Parsons fight on the WHL live, but that was a good tilt. So with uh, with Joe Arnson, that was good. But uh, yeah, so I got to play tech support over the weekend. That oh was boy! Fun. So like you have another calling weekend. in life if things. I don't, don't want another pan. calling. No, he usually has to go to if something goes. <laughs> I don't need I don't need more callings. I have enough callings. Yeah, it should be a good weekend though. Uh, Tigers taking on the Rebels at home, call out place, and then Saturday in Regina, Sunday in Brandon, and uh, and then what? What's that following week look like? I actually, home and home with Moose Jaw. They get the week off, I believe, and then go fri- like we're in home Moose Jaw on the twenty sixth, and then at home for SpongeBob night on the twenty seventh. So yeah, you get a weekend home and home. That's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to just have a two. The return of Evan May, because let's be honest, he's probably going to start one of those games. He, I'd w- imagine, he defeated the Lethbridge Hurricanes last night. He did. Three goals on 25 shots. The Hurricanes also had one goalie. Yeah, Hurricanes. Yeah, I saw that. Harrison Bennigan was sick. Again. He had an illness. Also, I, I guess we'll see if, if Lindgren plays for Red Deer on Friday. I saw Lindgren had, he was just out with something that they deemed personal. So hopefully everything's okay with Matt yep. Lindgren. I don't know, but. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's he was a big piece, too, that was brought in by uh, from Kamloops, what, last year. So, um I mean, in a perfect world, you want both sides to be healthy. But, yeah. man, it's going to be a good one between the Tigers and Rebels. That's fun. Friday Not night. to say the Pats and Weekings won't be good, but But I think Rebels if you good. look I mean, at get your tickets. Yeah. Get your tickets. That's the one that is going to be exciting. Central Division matchup. It's exciting for us. It's at home. It's at home. All the good things. Let's pack that place and be loud yeah. Friday night. Let's uh, Tix.ca, get your tickets. Uh, all three games, though, you'll be able to listen to on Wild 94.5. As always, you know, we appreciate the hell out of you for doing Gito. this. Thank you, guys. Gito. We're, we're working at, well, you guys are. I just want to help, and maybe I'm overstepping. But no, no, you're actually I doing a lot of good stuff I want you guys to be here. the best podcast in the Western Hockey League, and if I can do something to do it, I'm going to do it every bloody time. So. And I also noticed that there's, uh, maybe it's just my, my ignorance catching up, or if it's actually just like now there's mo- a few more team dedicated podcast popping up which is great to see because yeah, awesome. Cam- Camus has got one uh, Swift Current's got one yeah I mean like uh, Dustin's doing Dustin's, Dustin's got his own podcast yeah. so I mean that that one's you know well, we're starting Dustin to see Cordesy, more WHL teams we're podcast. legit yeah it, it's we're just cool coming legit it's cool to know. see that there's more teams that are you know doing what they can or at least people around those teams this to try and the, grow the game this cool. is the content that fans want yeah. is stuff like this not only are we growing like your team but the league yeah we yeah, the league, to. the league's hopefully benefiting from it because I think that's kind of the, at the end of the day what everyone wants. Yeah. We just need to get a few more guests, which we are tabling some more. But right, stay tuned. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Well, as always, Tiger fans, we appreciate you downloading this, listening to it. Yeah. Until next time, let's go Tigers! Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged!